0: Today, we thought we would talk about a timely topic. I feel like as we move into the holiday season, oftentimes women especially – take on a lot of the sort of emotional burden or emotional labor associated with the holiday season. So whether that's we're trying to make it magical, you know, for our children, whether we're trying to do the cooking and the cleaning, holding the family, organizing all the plans, taking care of our clients, Christmas gifts, there's all these ways in which we sort of carry an emotional burden. So instead of it being a holiday for us, it's quite the opposite. What do you think, Laura?
1: <laughs> yes. I actually um, – I'm laughing because I, I heard on this other podcast these women were talking about the stress of gift-giving and um, how they really envied men, that men just don't seem to get this stressed about it. And that um, she was saying to a, a male colleague or something, uh, like, oh, goodness, it's that time of year. I just get so stressed. around on the holidays. And he was just completely shocked. He's just like, what? Like, Why? Why are you so stressed out? Like it's the holidays. It's awesome. Like we're on vacation and like there's lots of food and family. And she just laughed and she was like, So you've had a lot of women in your life that like prepares all of the holidays for you. And he was like, Oh, yeah, I guess that's right. You know, a lot of men don't even think, and I'm not, you know, gonna bash all men. There are some men that are wonderful at creating traditions and cooking and doing all the things, but traditionally, women have been the ones that have thought about who are we going to invite over, what's on the meal plan. You know, I'm cooking. um, I've got to go shop and get all of the house decorations. I need to think about what's my kid's teacher. Are we doing a teacher gift this year? Um, You know, like all the different things. And um, men are often like, I don't know why everyone, why you're so stressed out. Like I'm eating well and I'm watching football and it's awesome. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's so true. It's so true. It's so
0: interesting because I I really don't enjoy the holidays, to be honest, if I'm really honest about it. (laughs) Confessions (laughs) from Sonia Statman. I mean, like gift giving is, first of all, is not my language of love. So it's a stretch for me every single time. Like I, every time I have to give a gift for anything, it's like, you know, a stretch, because it's just not how I think or operate. I don't care about gifts for myself. You know, my language of love is probably more like support or encouragement. So that part really kind of stresses me out, you know. And then things like, do I make the holidays magical for my children? Do I, you know, like, I'm not big on sort of that kind of ritual or, you know, sort of the the fake holiday cheer. I don't know. It's like this really interesting time period. And so I always feel pressured to figure out what I'm going to do and how I'm going to operate. Even if that's rebel against the, the holidays, what is that going to look like, right? It's always I have to figure it out and I have to, you know, have a way to operate and have a way to be with my kids and decide what we're going to do as a family. And it, it just always feels like a lot of work.
1: Yeah. And you're not alone, you know, like tons of women. Um, I mean, there is there, – it's just interesting. There's actual research in this arena of just like finding out how, you know, women feel and their stress levels are just so much higher going into holiday seasons because of these extra responsibilities that we take on. And, you know, I definitely come from a, um, like my grandmother and grandfather as a little girl, they did it all. My grandfather was Santa. He put all of the grandchildren had to wait. They had this living room that could be closed off by doors and the bedrooms were on the outskirts of the house. So then we would all wait at the door of the living room to be opened and we would listen and we could hear my grandfather in there like getting the fire ready. But he would be dressed up as Santa. And so we would peek in and we'd see his red suit and we'd be like, Oh, Santa's and they told us like Santa's fixing the fire. You're the last house. Like he's getting ready to go and and it was like this really magical special thing and I had a big lots of cousins and so we would all just rush in and find all of these beautiful like packages my all of the the aunts and uncles of my mom and dad had spent the whole night like putting all the toys and all making them and putting them under the tree and so I had a very magical Christmas my grandparents started that tradition my mom um, their daughter continued it you know and in their home and then when they passed and we were older my mom still was like always about, doing this in her home. And even this year, my daughter is going to be out of the country on Christmas. And so she's having a pre-Christmas coming up so that we can all be together and my daughter can have that magical experience at her house before she... And then we're going to have... So we're having two. We're having two holiday celebrations. Um, And so the guilt that I feel... (laughs) That I've not quite kept up to that standard, um, you know, because it isn't my love language either to do gifts. I'm much more of a service, acts of service, and so I do want to create experiences. I like the traditions, but there's so much. Like I realized, oh, it's right around the corner, and I don't have like all of the the gifts and all the things that I need to have done before we all come together. As a family, so there's that as well where I feel guilt because I'm not continuing to do all the magic making that my grandmother did, that was passed on to my mother, that she's done for me, and then it's like it's dying with, <laughs> with me. I'm <laughs> dying like, I'm in my not generation. The magical mom, you know. Um, so even though my son oh. today, he goes, "Mom, have you heard about Elf on the Shelf?" And I said, "I have heard about Elf on the Shelf, but I I've never had that as a tradition." But um, we could start that. And so here he is. He's six, you know, and he's, like, wanting this magical tradition where you have this little elf, you know, and it moves around. And it's the mother that always moves the elf around. It's not, you know, anyone else in the household. So the mom is usually the one that puts the elf on the shelf. And then when the kids are sleeping, like, the elf moves or gets into things. And so it's this – you wake up to see, like, where's the elf, you know. And it continues, I don't know how many days, because it's a new tradition for me. So I'm not – you have to research it. But apparently (laughs) – Like, my son is wanting me to create this magical experience. (laughs) And I'm like, can I? Okay, maybe I can handle the Elf on the Shelf. That's about it in the Christmas tree. Yes, but it's a lot.
0: Yeah, and I think what we're really talking about is, you know, the way that we're pressured to do so many things, right? To carry the emotional burden. And it's not just over the holidays, right? It's all year long. Like in so many ways, the women in the family carry the emotional burden, whether that's parenting, whether that's with your parents, like as the daughter of the household that's supposed to hold your parents, take care of them, whether it's, you know, the family and friends that you support, because, you know, a lot of people are going through hardship. And so it's not in any way that, I think we're saying don't hold people, don't care for people, don't give to people, don't be in service to people because, I mean, I'm big on that. But I think we have to also talk about the balance, right? Like where do we give – To ourselves, when is the emotional burden we take on too much, right? Because what I see is that so many women are holding so much of the burden that what ends up happening is they break, right? Or they get burned out, or they just have no capacity to function properly. And I think that's what we're really trying to address here.
1: Yes, exactly. And, you know, this was also, this conversation was kind of, This thought process happened when I was watching a movie with my daughter, and um, it's on Netflix right now, so people can go and check it out. It's Bad Mom's Christmas, because, you know, there's the whole Bad Mom's movie, and this is the Christmas, and, you know, basically in between one mother and daughter, she's trying to have the mellow Christmas that it's okay to just relax and just be with the kids and we don't have to put all this pressure on it, but she has the mom that, like, won't let go. It has to be over the top. Christmas. And so they fight about it the whole movie. And there's a line from the grandmother, mom, that says to her daughter, and she says, um, You know, moms are not here to enjoy. We're here to give joy. And that is so much like that pressure you're talking about is that if we are taking on that role as like this burden of it's my job. I have to do this. My family won't be happy. Or people, what will people think of me if I'm not doing this? If I'm not just giving the joy to everyone. So I think that I really wanted to talk about this today because it's like, how can we do both? How do we make sure that we are having joy, that we are connecting to ourselves and we're giving ourselves what we need? And then we are also in connection with our loved ones. And knowing like when it starts to go out of balance, like when you start to just over function for everyone in your family like can you take a deep breath and be like you know what if somebody really wants the sweet potato casserole then (laughs) they're gonna make it you know it's just like i'm not making it this year i don't want to or whatever that is you know and just like stepping back and realizing that the shoulds and the musts and i've always done kind of thing maybe you look at that you approach it a little bit differently this year to see like how can you give yourself a little bit more of that permission in that space.
0: I so agree. I think it's really interesting, you know, first the assumption. Yeah. Right? The assumption of what we should be, what we should be doing, how we should be functioning. And that assumption is over-functioning, right? It's always that we should be over-functioning. And what I find is really interesting, especially working with so many women over the years is that often normal functioning, normal delivery, normal giving, normal service, like that's not even something we understand because we over-deliver as a norm. And so when we wind back to sort of what's appropriate, right, what feels right, what is like a balance of things, it often doesn't feel right because we're so you know, unused to functioning in a balance, right? We're so used to overcapacity. And so it's really great to be able to stop and take stock of what we do because this is also a season where we tend to do a lot of rituals. There's a lot of, I think, default, right? So as we move back into our bigger families, as we move into traditions, as we try to navigate all these different things that we need to do, often what happens is we go back into old defaults old defaults with family old defaults with rituals old defaults with traditions and we stop sort of standing and contemplating is this what we still want to create is this what we still want to be part of you know or can i give myself permission to do something different
1: yes yes exactly and you know it's really interesting because we're talking about this emotional labor in the context of our domestic lives right now, like in the family. But how many of us are also taking on way too much of the emotional labor in our jobs, in our companies, even as the leader of our companies? Like are we over functioning for clients? Or are we, you know? And what's really interesting about the term emotional labor is that um, I was trying to remember the psychologist that coined it, But what it was, though, interestingly enough, is it is a term that came out of the workplace. And so I just looked it up here and I want to read the definition. So the emotional labor is the process of managing feelings and expressions to fulfill the emotional requirements of a job. More specifically, workers are expected to regulate their emotions during interactions with customers, coworkers, and superiors. And so... This is very interesting that now we do use the term emotional labor because we're showing like how women continue to bring that into the job of domesticity, which wasn't always seen as a job or wasn't seen as work. And that we actually, though, bring this like, oh, I have to manage everybody's experiences. So instead of it being your customer, you're doing it at home with your family, like you're managing their experience. You're managing their feelings. Like how is everybody, oh, oh, uncle so-and-so doesn't like to sit next to so-and-so. So we need to change the table arrangements and then na 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 Right? So like we can go and read all of these different dynamics and try to like emotionally contain everything at home. And then how many of us are doing that in the workplace with the way that we are putting our content out in the world or the way that we're showing up with clients? I've actually seen in my um, group of female founders of co-working spaces, there's a lot of emotional labor that goes on there, curating spaces, taking care of community. And of course, they're all like looking at, well, what kind of gifts do we need to give our our members, the members of our community? Do we give gifts? Um, you know, how do we manage this? And I'm, you know, my thought is like, how do we stop over-functioning to be the one that gets all the gifts, the one that manages all the things? Just like in a family, I want to empower each of my Kids to show up to do their part, my husband to come in and do his part, inviting different people. You know, I also want the members of my co-working community to do a shared gift exchange or something. So I'm not going and personally having to provide gifts for everyone. But it's just interesting these overlays. Um, I think that emotional labor started off as a term in the workplace, but then now we see how it's pervasive everywhere, and how can we be more mindful? Moving into this holiday season with both our work and our families, so that we are practicing more self care and emotional care for ourselves.
0: Yeah. Look, I think it's so important. And I think the piece has to start with permission, right? Because so often, we just don't give ourselves the permission to not hold it all, to not carry it all, to not to not live up to some bar that we probably set, right, right. if it isn't already set by someone outside of us. And I think that's really where it has to start. We have to allow. I mean, I, th- I feel like over the last, I don't know, 20 years even, I feel like every year I'm winding down my obligation, (laughs) my feeling of like who I'm obligated to serve, who I'm obligated to do things for. And so it's really interesting, you know, that the more I do that, like I'm always stripping back. I don't know, like how hard it was at one point to let go of those things. And it gets easier and easier, I guess, as we practice, right? As we skill build, giving ourselves permission to let go of others, to let go of being responsible for them, of let, let go of making everybody happy, you know, let go of giving everyone joy. And that gets harder and harder depending on what we're doing. I know, you know, I've had to deal with this a lot in terms of mother's guilt in making sure. I realize I'm not responsible for my kids constantly experiencing joy right now. Not that I don't want to make them happy. Not that I don't want to give them things. But the I think sometimes the burden that we hold as parents to make sure everything is joyous and everything is magical, like that's just not our job. And You know, I think when we own that and when we look at that, we also give our kids more of a realistic experience of the world, right? Because no one else is going to lay out the magic for them as they age or as they get older, as they get out into the world themselves. And so it's really interesting, I think,
1: navigating that
0: specifically. I know it has been for me. Yeah. Oh, I think so,
1: for sure. I mean, and that is probably one of the biggest motivators that women have for over-functioning in their families as a mom is just like this desire that comes from such a good place to provide their children with these scenarios like well, just providing them with what they didn't have you know there's that it's like I never had this so I just want to give my kid what I didn't have or in my situation it's like oh I had all this magical holiday tradition and I've got to keep it going and um, you know I'm, I'm guilty if I don't give my kids what I had And so there's all these different things that are internally driven. um, And many times we have to be the ones that stop and notice what's driving that desire and give ourselves, like you said, that permission. I know that my husband and I talk about this often where I will just have to, you know, voice what's happening in my head. I'm like, you know, I'm feeling really responsible for this. I'm feeling guilty about this, like all these different things. And and he's surprised often by these things. And he's like, why? Why? Why are you feeling it? Like, there's no expectation. Like, you don't need to do that. I'm like, what do you mean I don't need to do that? Of course I need to do that. I do it every year, you know? And he's like, well, you don't have to. Why don't we just do it differently? Like, let's just, you know, like have pancakes for Christmas, whatever. You know, and I think that that helps. That's helping me with my mother guilt just telling him, you know, what's happening in my head, you know, that I feel like it's a should and I'm feeling guilty and often, um, you know, and then I'm I'm angry at him and I will admit I'm a little resentful because I'm like, you're so lucky. You don't even have this, like, this does not flare up in you at all, this like parent guilt, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, occasionally, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but not as often and he sees it, not as often as it does in you. So, you know, and this is things we've talked about. In previous episodes, like the cultural conditioning. So we want to be clear here that even though we're asking you to pause and be mindful of your own internal dialogue, we understand that the internal dialogue has been shaped by a culture that has put these expectations on women. So we're not somehow in a vacuum just picking these thoughts up. You know, they have been (laughs) very much drilled into our, our head and into our experiences. Yeah.
0: And I think we have to change them as well. Like, I think sometimes we feel like it's better to perpetuate or it's easier to perpetuate or, you know, maybe it's necessary or maybe we should or whatever that looks like inside of us. But I also think, you know, some of this conversation and some of these topics are really about breaking the cycle, right? Like, I don't want my girls to experience. guilt that I have. I don't want them to feel like they need to take on everybody else's emotions or they have to be the, you know, carry the emotional labor of their families. I want them to be empowered and balanced. I want them to know when they're at capacity and to honor it. And so I kind of have to be that example, right? Like I can teach them something, but I also have to be that so they see I'm not always overcompensating or always overdelivering or exhausting myself into the ground. And look, I have a lot of life patterns around this. And so it is a skill I'm constantly working with. Like I'm not a master of, you know, caring emotional labor. I do it with my clients, I do it with my family. It is something I'm so conscious of and I'm always, always working with. And I think, you know, for me, it's really important because I do want to break that cycle. I watch so many women in my family overburden themselves and, you know, go way over capacity. And, and, you know, and it all depends on who you are and what you need and want. I think what the most important thing is, is to honor whatever that is. So if you love being a magical mom and that feels like something that absolutely is who you are and you are thrilled to do it, then that's fantastic. Do that to your heart's content. But if you're not a magical mom and you don't feel like that's the kind of person that you want to be or it's it really drains you, then honor that as well. I think it's really about having permission to be ourselves and honor like all, all of who we are, rather than trying to live up to someone else's measure.
1: Yes, I so, so agree. And I have to add on to this conversation about permission. I have to kind of go into the, the work space for just a little bit. I know a lot of my my clients, my colleagues, myself, like there can be this, when you take your time off during the holiday, you know, you're trying to over we talked about this in previous episode where you're either checking out you know or you're like you know like nothing's happening everybody's on holiday or you're kind of like over functioning right up to the end or trying to be super available like oh no everybody's needs me and you know oh they're all traveling and you're trying to like fit everybody into your calendar i just want to remind everyone like own your time you know like take back your time your energy, like, let that be the best gift that you can give yourself this holiday season, and know that all your clients are going to be fine and they're going to be there in January when you open your doors again, when you, you know, are like available to email and respond, and just be really clear that there are boundaries that you're setting. You know, I know that when my kids get out of school, I'm off work, you know, I'm not going to try to do anything. I'm just like their vacation winter break is my vacation from clients. And, um, I'll even try to get some extra days on either end of that, <laughs> you know, where it's just me and, um, before the kids are home and I'm able to, to kind of get ready myself for, for the holiday or to rest. And so I just, I just want to speak to that kind of just check in and, and see. Where are you maybe doing some similar overfunctioning for clients, not in the way that it looks like you're doing it for your family, but maybe you're worried about, you know, how well they're going to be uh, taken care of before you go on vacation or you feel like you have to provide something extra special before you step away for a little bit and just, you know, check that out and see if it's coming from a place of authentic joy, like Sonia, you're saying, if it's really your thing. Or if you're doing it because you feel like you should, you feel like it's expected, you feel like in order to be a good entrepreneur, um, it needs to happen. <laughs> Just notice those.
0: Yes. I love that. I would really encourage all of you this week to really think about what is one thing you can strip back, take away not do this holiday season that you normally would do whether that is just not go to that extra you know holiday event and instead go have a massage or whether that's you know let your partner take your kids and you know you go out by yourself on just a date like just walking around town or doing whatever you like or whether that's just not getting those extra christmas gifts for your clients or for your children or for your husband or for your friends or whatever that is because that's just not really your Language of love, and that just isn't what you have to do. You know, start to really give yourselves permission. What could you take away that, you know, you feel is kind of that burden? And I think we all have different levels of that, different measurements of that. But if you feel when you look into your holiday space, what feels heavy, right? Like what part of it feels heavy? Is it going to see your family? Is it all the things you need to do around Christmas? Is it, and wherever that heaviness is, Just make one little decision to lighten it up, right? It's so simple. Like some of these like strategies and tips that Laura and I talk about, they're so simple, but we have to just do them, right? We have to just stop, contemplate, and decide. And I would really encourage you to do that this
1: week. Yes, agreed. I'm already feeling a little lighter, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, me too. I'm like, what can I not do this Christmas? so all right so it's probably a good place to end for today so we wish you all a wonderful holiday season you have our permission to take lots of breaks and really really enjoy it and do nothing out of obligation (laughs) and we will be here for you next week do you have a question about your business that you want answered Every month, I host free office hours so you can tap into my 20 years of experience navigating the business arena. If you need some direction, want to discuss a strategy, or just get feedback on the next right step for your service business, join me in my free Women in the Business Arena Facebook group for a live Q&A each month. It's a lot of fun, and you get to meet an amazing group of women.